Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. Kia ora and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Joe Porter. A war of words has broken out between Rob Waddell, secondary school principals, athletes' representatives and Sport New Zealand over the former Olympic rowing champion's plans to increase the amount of broadcasting of school sport. Principals say they weren't consulted before School Sport New Zealand signed up to Waddell's Sports Collective, which gives Sky TV exclusive rights to stream or broadcast school tournaments, events and matches. Sport New Zealand agreed to back the proposal despite staff at the government agency having serious concerns regarding who owns the content, the potential for bullying on social media and the way the deal appears to be at odds with its balance is better ethos when it comes to school sport. Principals are angry they weren't involved in the decision. They're concerned about the commercialisation of school sport and the way it conflicts with education being their highest priority. They say the project would encourage specialisation in one sport, which goes against most schools and Sport New Zealand's desire for students to play a range of different codes. They're also questioning if School Sport New Zealand had the authority to sell the rights in the first place. The New Zealand Athletes Federation says the project should be stopped in its tracks and they believe it will lead to an increase in mental health problems for teenage athletes. Sport New Zealand and Waddell both argued that school sport is already being broadcast or live-streamed and trying to stop it would be pointless. They say controlling the way it's done and putting some universal standards in place would help ensure it's done safely and with integrity and respect. Joining me on the programme this week are Stuff Sports journalist Jackson Thomas, Roger Mortimer from the New Zealand Athletes Federation and the Auckland Grammar School Principal Tim O'Connor. We hear their concerns and questions and then put those to Rob Waddell in a one-on-one interview. Jackson, I think we might as well start with you this morning um, as you've covered this issue before. Look, can you sum up what's causing the division, why Rob Waddell's project is controversial, and I guess what the main points of conjecture are? Yeah, I can try to, mate. It's a, it's a very <laughs> murky one. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very much, well, I have very much been covering the hard sports side of this. So I talk to a lot of players, coaches, um, and administrators. I haven't actually spoke to Tim before, so it's nice to be on with you, Tim. But um, it's getting very murky, mate. The main points of conjecture, obviously, a lot of times with schoolboy stuff is, is it becoming too, you know, professional? Uh, and at what cost are these sort of deals being cut? And I think the issue which a lot of people have, Tim will be able to speak to, is, I mean, if this was such a good deal, this broadcast deal that we're all talking about, why was it not consulted on further or at all in some cases? A lot of principals saying, heard nothing until it was the green light was given. And then on the, the hard sports side of it, mate, it's, it seems from the outside to only serve to widen that gap between the haves and have-nots. You're now incentivizing almost this, these powerhouse programs to, well, if you're a parent or a kid, they're dangling this, this golden carrot in front of them now to, you know, hey, you've got the opportunity to be on TV more if you're playing at, you know, school XYZ instead of ABC, where, where they're probably from. So, I mean, this country sport and culture, mate, was, was founded or, it's, you know, it's, it's ingrained in us that you... You play with your mates, and you know there's a. It's becoming warped this whole professional thing with with the schoolboys, and I think a lot of them. You know, I wrote the story last week about some kids 
wanting to repeat school because they they weren't on TV enough this year. I mean, it's just it's becoming very very murky, and the multi layers, whether it's the schools, there's NZSSSC, the New Zealand Sports Collective, Waddell Associates, Sky. There's all of these hoops that are having to be jumped through when we're kind of losing that essence that is just, you know, kids playing with their mates. And look, you've mentioned it, but the talent drain away from low decile schools to both traditional and new money sporting powerhouses, you know, that's obviously happening because of this exposure, inverted commas, and ambitious parents nudging their kids in the direction of schools that are more likely to feature in games that are featured on TV or championship matches that get that kind of coverage. So we're seeing this already, is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, we were seeing this a couple of years ago with all the St. Kent's drama, um, and I I actually believe it, you know, I don't think it was a St. Kent's issue. I think at that time that was a schoolboy sport issue. Um, and part of it is is this commercialisation of it all. Are these kids, you know, and you 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 know that it's not the kids making these decisions. Even the boys that told me they were going to repeat school, you could tell that they were reciting something that's coming from, be it parents, be it you know their school or whatever. Um, it, it's the talent. We want to. We like to think, or you would hope that you can make it from anywhere in New Zealand. If you play sport and you're good enough, you can make it from anywhere. You know, the, a great case of that is Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He's captain in the Warriors. Spent his whole life playing for Otahu College. Just, you know, did Roger have offers from other schools on the table? Absolutely. But he was good enough. He played with his mates and he made it. You know, this warped idea that now you have to be on TV X amount of times a year to to get noticed or get spotted or get picked up. It's getting seeded in the minds of these kids and they're starting to believe it and you can't blame it because the parents are now nudging their kids hey listen you know St Kent's are playing X amount of TV games a week and you know perhaps Avondale College aren't getting any well of course they're not but you know so it's it's really it serves I look back at the American model and the NCAA at the moment is an absolute rort and that's basically unpaid labour and this giant disparity between the haves and have-nots in terms of talent you know they have no one no local talent plays at these big powerhouse schools and I'm not saying we're there yet, but this is certainly what well, appears to be the early stages of that model. Tim, you and many other principals have been disappointed by the lack of consultation from School Sport New Zealand in sort of signing up to this deal. How can they make such a big call without talking to you guys? Yeah, no, I don't know. We, we had that conversation with um, Gary and Auckland principals weren't consulted at all. Uh, and so we did ask for a meeting um, with the School Sport NZ uh, board, and they did um, front um, in Auckland. And it's fair to say that was a, a pretty terse meeting um, where the feeling amongst the room across principals um, was that we didn't want to see um, secondary school sport being commercialised, and we couldn't understand why uh, School Sport NZ and Sport NZ um, was as we found out more, uh, why both these organisations would actually support um, everything that goes against what Sport NZ stands for and what School Sport NZ stands for, and that's that balance is better philosophy. What are your some of your concerns, I guess, surrounding that issue in particular? Well, we're, we're trying to uh, keep kids in sport for longer. Uh, and we want them to have a range of skills and play a range of sports. So we want them playing a summer sport. We want them playing a winter sport. You know, for example, we deliberately don't offer sevens here um, in summer. Why? Because we actually want our rugby-playing boys to go off and play cricket and play tennis and do athletics and do other things uh, because it's good for them. It refreshes them and it keeps them involved with different groups of people and the like. This promotes specialisation. Um, there's no doubt about it. And... Um, and I've talked to Martin Stewart, and I've talked to Rob Woodbell, um, and and I understand what they're trying to do, 
but they are, whether they like it or not. What they'll say is, you don't have to opt in if you don't want to. The school doesn't have to. But where does that place the pressure? Um, that places the pressure right in, back in the hands of each school, and uh, schools will feel the pressure from parents. They will feel the pressure from sporting bodies to allow uh, sport to be their, their, their teams to be live streamed or to be filmed. Yeah, that's a little bit of a, an option with a caveat attached to it, because let's be honest, which player who is potentially chasing a, a professional sports career wants to be at a school that isn't going to show televised games? You'd lose your whole first 15. Yeah. And look, the, the, it's a very pe- people are uh, also saying, well, grammar's on um, college rugby, you know, on Sky. Um, that's a decision that we can make um, directly with Sky. And we're actually happy with that because... Where does the authority lie and where does the control lie? Where do rights lie? It lies with the school. And so we deliberately say to Sky, in our instance, we're prepared to have one home game per year and we're prepared to have one away game. That's it. Um, Out of a uh, 12-game season, um, that is plenty. And so we can control that and there is no further discussion about it. In this instance... I don't understand why 50 NSOs have got together and basically it appears to to me to have sold the rights to secondary school sport when I'd question whether or not they have the rights over secondary school sport. And what they have done in doing that by using um, Sports Collective is actually send a a message out there that they believe believe in it and endorse it, so we should too. There's an age-old argument that school sport is being televised for a long time with First 15 for about a decade or so in basketball and Mardi Cup and various other sports. There's an argument that would suggest that putting some sort of overall standards and practices in place and having you know one group largely controlling the product and where it goes would perhaps make things more accountable and help keep those standards of safety and integrity and respect at the levels they should be. What do you feel about that argument? Do you think that's not the case? Well, I, I think if that was um, a not-for-profit um, controlling that, such as um, School Sport NZ or um, Sport NZ, we might be having a different discussion because then it still opens it up to a free market um, and it still puts total control uh, back in schools' hands to be able to say, yes, no, I want to be involved um, from the outset. It's, it's not OK, um, from my perspective, for... For there to be a commercial branch in this, and you know, I have no issues with Rob Waddell as a person, um, but I do have issues with a company making money um, out of secondary school sport when we're dealing with amateurs and we're trying to keep students to play sport and play a variety of sport. Anyone can jump in here, but where does that money from the rights deal go? Do the athletes, the teenagers, and the schools get any benefit whatsoever apart from exposure? I don't know. We, we, we haven't been able to find that out from a school perspective. When we asked School Sport NZ, they've said uh, that due to commercial arrangements um, with uh, the sports collective, they haven't been permitted to inform principals. Roger, what concerns you about the lack of transparency and, and overall what's your feeling here surrounding this? Uh, I think from the professional athlete's perspective, this is actually a very straightforward issue, which in turn I think makes it very confusing. Um, yes. The straightforward bit is that we know that there is an almighty collision 
that takes place um, where performance and commercialisation intersect. What you end up with is an increasingly tight margins for performance combined with increasingly high demands um, commercially. Um, and then when you add on extraordinary public scrutiny, what you create is a, is a brutal, ruthless, uncompromising environment. Um, and that's the environment we operate in every day under professional sport. Now, the really confusing bit is why are we letting this happen to our youth? Um, with a government entity with an annual budget of $150 million a year, why are they not fronting this, this performance creep, this commercialisation creep? Um, so I completely endorse everything Tim's saying there. It, it just, it's just not consistent. And that's where the confusion comes in. Like, we know what happens in this space. We know what happens when you mix performance and commercialisation. It creates a lot of problems. And, you know, these are difficult problems for adults to solve. And why we would now push this down into our youth is, is beyond belief. Is the New Zealand Sport Collective being used, do you think, by NSOs and Sky TV, a pay TV broadcaster, to try and wrest control of teens' sport from the schools? Tim, Roger, what do you think? I think it's more appropriate if Tim answers that because it's definitely his jurisdiction. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. From the conversations I've had, um, what this seems to have been is um, sports collectives uh, being proactive or Waddell and Associates being proactive under the name of um, Sports Collective um, and going out to NSOs and making um, something easy for them to do. Um, and and I think for Sky, same thing. It appears Sky are providing this um, uh, channel next for free. Um, and if that's the case, that's a, that's a good deed. However, um, it just seems to me that the Sports Collective uh, is the arm that is um, is the commercial arm of this, and so the work that they're putting into it, they're expecting to uh, be paid for. Jackson, who who profits from this? It's the sports collective, right? But do you know if anyone else does? And what's the rights and wrongs of, of that situation? Do you think? Yeah, well, I think to Tim's point, I mean, the, the the biggest thing, the biggest issue, I suppose, everyone's having with this. We can we can wax on about this all day, but it was this deal made with the well-being or best interests of the kids at the fore, and I. I think where everyone's getting up in arms is it's quite clear that wasn't the case. We, you know, where's the money is is the big question. Where does it go? Are, are the schools seeing a cut of this? Again, we don't know. There's a lot of this commercially sensitive stuff, but the the whole sponsorship and marketing arm of it, I'm with Tim. That's where that's where it loses me. If they wanted to simply, you know, make this a blanket thing where you're showing more sport, but, you know, it's a free channel on Sky. It all sounds well and good. It sounds easy and and yeah, clear. However, the commercial side of it is where you are essentially now making money off, off school sport. Well, not essentially, that's exactly what's happening. So if it was such a good idea, and I harken back to my first point, if this deal was such a good idea, why was there such a lack of consultation? And that's what Rob needs to answer. That's what Rob needs to sit down with Tim. That's what he needs to sit down with all the principals and say, you know, if this was such a good idea and, and was done with the best interest of the kids and the well-being of the students at the fore, why were they not consulted on it? Roger, Heath Mills has sort of talked about people's, you know, the horse has already bolted in terms of the commercialisation and televisation of school sports. But he thinks, you know, that's a bit of a crock and, and Sport New Zealand in particular, sh- particular should be drawing a line in the sand and trying to get that horse back into the, into the block, so to speak. W- what's your perspective on this? I totally agree with Heath. And I think, um, you know, what worries me a little bit with where this conversation is going is we're almost normalising it, saying that as, yeah. long as, we have, well, as long as we have transparency and as long as everyone's engaged, then it's OK. What we're saying is this is not okay. We are playing with fire because we deal with this every single day with adults who struggle to 
um, operate as as functional human beings in this world where margins become so tight, the drive for, for viewership becomes so tight, pressure comes from everywhere, and people are popping out of the system all the time now. We have huge mental health issues, and these are adults, and why we would even consider to introduce this into um, the youth of New Zealand is, is really beyond belief. You talk about mental health. It also raises issues of potential social media vilification, uh, like Tim's mentioned, early specialisation, steroid use, other integrity issues, match fixing, a lot of these things. That How can they successfully be mitigated when, like you said, the pressure starts to ramp up? Because we need leadership, and I think what Jackson said is actually putting the young person at the centre. Um, I think we've created a dependency culture. We just need to back off and just let kids be kids. Use sport as a holistic development tool, let them learn how to make mistakes and let them learn how to lose, let them learn how to win, let them learn about teamwork. Um, there's plenty of time. We don't need to rush. I think we're just in such a rush um, with everything now. We just need to take a step back and just let, put the kids at the centre. Um, there's some brilliant teachers out there. There's some brilliant coaches out there. Just, just let them be with these kids and let them have a good time. And there's plenty of time to get involved later on um, in life. Um, develop yourself in different areas. Um, you know, what really worries me is we're going to normalise this and it's going to be accepted. Um, so to his point, this, this, this has to be stopped. And if the people in charge can't stop it, then we need new people because this is a big issue. You're talking about, obviously, some very strong health issues there, the mental health particular of adults trying to deal with this sort of situation, of course, then talking about teenagers in that space. If this were to go through, you think it would be incredibly dangerous for teenage athletes and their mental health? Absolutely no question. The message we'd like to give is we are playing with fire with our young people here, and the confusing bit is why the government aren't leading um, the, the counter to performance creep and commercialisation creep. It's, it's, it's very confusing. Jackson, what do you make of Sport NZ's position? Because it would seem at odds with their whole balance is better ethos as well. And, of course, their position that specialisation in sport is bad and that, of course, you know, overall health and mental health is far more important than anything else. Well, I mean, this deal, Tim mentioned it straight off the bat, this promotes specialisation. So straight away it goes against every goes against that whole notion, that whole ethos. I mean, I'll go back to it again, guys. This, this whole conversation, I think we get to a point now... I would suggest Grant Robertson even needs to make a statement on this. Someone needs to come out and really front foot this and explain exactly how this deal, why this deal was cut. And if, if to to your point, if this is something that is such a, you know, we're playing with fire, et cetera, well, then it needs to be completely revisited and the people at the top need to either roll over or completely reflip the model because we, this has started because it does not serve the best interests of the kids. And that's got to be at the fore whenever you're discussing school sport, you know, I, I was dealing with, I've been dealing with schoolboy rugby for a long time, for a couple of years now, and even in the last two years, the the sheer professionalism and I mean, it's 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 basically, well, it's not basically, it's a, it's a ITM level system that these guys have in place, and Tim Tim's part of a very elite program over there, but these kids are dealing with pressure. They don't need added pressure of this broadcast deal on being on TV. There's enough pressure just being a normal kid, not let alone a first fifteen star, be it social media in this online world that we're living in. Adding on top of that, you know, day, weekly stream games on, online, it's just, or on TV, it, it's undue pressure they, they just don't need. And if you're good enough to make it, you can deal with that later in life when you're, when you're more mature, you're more socially aware, and you have the support network around you in a professional organisation to deal with that. You don't need to be dealing with it at school and at home when you're 15, 16 years old. Thank you very, very much for all your time this morning. Is there anything anyone else wants to add before we leave? Uh, one question I'd, I'd pose out there is simply, 
you know, is this arrangement best for students or, or is it best for the adults? Absolutely. Great question. Absolutely. A range of concerns aired there. We put those to Rob Woodell. I guess first and foremost, where does the money from the rights deal go? Do the schools or athletes benefit monetarily? Oh, that's a really good question and there's been quite a bit of misinformation uh, which I'm pleased to be able to clear up. So the funding from Sky has gone through to NSOs. All the funding has gone to the NSOs. We're paid a management fee uh, by the NSOs for the work that we've done to date, which has been really significant. It's been around a three or four year journey. Um, all the um, research and design and, and putting this project together, the contracting of 55 different sports, dealing with all the different boards, the CEOs, uh, and then actually making the program happen and, and bring it to life every day. So I can promise you it's been a huge amount of work. Um, in terms of the benefit that goes through to the students, uh, we the, the funding that goes through to the NSOs is used uh, for their events that they're running um, and also we look to assess with them at the end of each year how they've been able to increase participation in their sport using that funding to, um, to make sure their sport's more accessible and able to be reached by more kids. Principals have been blindsided, some of them have been, and confused by the lack of consultation with them, wondering that if this idea is in the best interest of the, of the students, why weren't the principals consulted more en masse? Oh, well, that's not... Correct, Joe. Uh, the, the consultation with principals has been really extensive, and let me just give you some background to that. So we uh, brought the idea of the Sport Collective together, which, remember, goes well beyond just school sport. This is about NSOs and, and all of their events. School sport just happens to be a part of that. So we started working on that three, four years ago and realising that school sport was a part of it and a really important part. We started consulting with, with uh, the CEO two years ago, uh, that led to us going and presenting to the board down in Wellington. Uh, we were then put out the request to go and speak to all the different regional associations where we were accepted at, at a number. Uh, all the principals were sent um, uh, information at different times. So um, there was, uh, unfortunately, a, a group of principals that didn't receive information. Um, but we have since uh, understood that they have uh, met with School Sport New Zealand. Uh, I've met with some of those principals myself. And... You know, one of the positive aspects that come about from the uh, sport collective coming together is we have worked really closely with School Sport New Zealand and its board of 12 principals to come up with a chartered document which outlines all the standards and principles for a safe environment and broadcasting sponsorship for secondary school kids. Uh, we're really proud to have done that. The get agreement between all 45 or 45 national sports that have secondary school events and to get agreement with School Sport New Zealand and it's got some really good values there, things such as students' enjoyment and positive experiences, the number one priority in all matters, um, things like opt-out processes, uh, no filming of under 15, making sure that commentary focuses on values and standards rather than, than uh, winning or losing. So, you know, that's been, to your question earlier about what's in it for students, that's been one of the most positive outcomes is that instead of having lots of different sports doing lots of different things, we've been able to bring them all together with School Sport New Zealand at the head of the table to make sure that we're doing the very best thing by students and their wellbeing is at the top of the list. Now, you say that schools have the option to opt out of this. However, if a top athletic school were to choose not, not to participate in the programme, don't you think that would have a detrimental effect on their role at school with players then likely to go and change to a school that is part of the programme where they can get exposure on television? Well, look, it's, it's up to every student in every school how they feel about that. What I can tell you, Joe, and what we're really proud of is that 
the, the chartered document we've agreed to has an equal focus on all schools. So this is not about a small group of high-performing schools competing against each other and trying to outdo each other week in, week out. That is not what this is. We do not represent the sports of rugby 15, netball, uh, cricket and league. This is about minority sports that have national events once a year and any school might get seen on TV and we have a commitment to showing all schools. So take a, a, an event, for example, like basketball, where you have um, six days of filming and all the students are able to be seen, all the schools are able to be seen, uh, and so the team that ends up winning the tournament might actually only be seen on TV once or twice. Um, so that's the commitment, is to make sure that this is about promoting the right values in sport. We are really focused on making sure that kids' wellbeing is first and foremost. This is not about just who's winning and losing. It's not some high-performance series. About, it's about minority sports showcasing their sports and inspiring other kids so that they might want to try those sports as well. So you don't feel like parents and students will be able to pressure schools into opting into this simply because they want to get that kind of exposure? I'd offer that assurance to any parents or any schools that are concerned. You know, please have a look at this chartered document. It outlines all of the, the possible concerns you might have in regards to the well-being of your, cho- your children and your students. You know, everything from wagering, um, you know, what happens in the event of an accident, um, consents have been filmed, age of broadcast, uh, how an athlete might be interviewed. Are you concerned that this will lead to further specialisation among young athletes when, of course, the Sport New Zealand Charter is really balances better and trying to encourage young athletes to play as many sports as possible? Oh, look, we are we're completely aligned with that. We Look, I've got three teenage kids myself, Joe. We're right in that band. And I can tell you the things that matter the most for me, for my, kids, my three kids, are having fun, enjoying being with their friends. We're completely aligned with that and seeing them develop lots of skills and have a lifelong enjoyment of sport. I need to repeat again, this is not about some small high-performance series in a select group of sports. This is about all schools, all abilities, uh, minority sports being seen, uh, and they're once-a-year national tournaments. And the thing to remember with these sports too, Joe, is that all of these sports are really heavily reliant on government gaming and community funding. Um, and so yeah, being able to come together and work together has enabled us to diversify, to be innovative, and try and shift away from that, but also has enabled some great outcomes like a consistent standard to look after the well-being of the students because that is number one. Well, where does the money go? Why, why the commercialisation and the marketing side of it? Why not just create an overarching body that presents this free-to-air channel where people can see themselves play? Why does there have to be the marketing and commercialisation element? You'd assume that that's for making money for Sport Collective. Well, again, it's a, it's a great point you raise about this being free because, you know, not to ignore on this is what Sky TV have put into this. The, the funding they've provided is absolutely significant for these minority sports. You know, they're so reliant on government, gaming and community funding um, and, and the irony of this, Joe, is that those minority sports actually make up around 70% of participation in New Zealand. So that's staggering that the minority sports actually make up the majority of participation. So to have that support and to have Sky come and get behind them is a, is a really great, great thing. And, you know, they want to be able to, um, to, to show the, the families and friends that might not otherwise be able to afford to come to an event or might not be able to afford the time. They're able to watch them from afar. Uh, it also enabled them to um, promote their sport. Um, you know, these sports don't get a lot of visibility. Uh, but, you know, again, it just the, the goal here is to create this safe broadcast environment that instead of people doing different things, um, everyone's working together to get the right outcome. And I guess we're in a, in, in a privileged position, Joe, to have been able to coordinate that and to have led it collaboratively with the likes of School Sport New Zealand, 
having very open and transparent discussions with all of the NSOs. So the, the great thing we've got here is instead of lots of different sports trying to get these, do these things themselves, we've added capacity, we've come and we've underwritten it, we've brought it all together so that we can achieve a, a much better outcome. And most importantly, that it can be done in a way that everyone approves of. You've actually got the principles at the heart of it, able to say, yes, we approve of this, or no, we don't approve of that. They are a very key part of this. When we have teenage athletes potentially chasing careers in athletic sports and looking to be televised and looking for exposure, that, that inevitably comes with extra pressures, extra external expectations and the pressures to perform when you're on television. Now, the Athletes Federation are worried. They see a lot of athletes and adult athletes leaving and dropping out of sports simply because of the mental stress that is driven when commercialisation and performance intersect. Now... When that, you're talking about teenagers being involved in that space and that intersection, now, don't you think there is an element of danger heaping any more pressure, any more external expectations on some of these teenage athletes who are already feeling it as it is? Well, look, you've got a, a really wide range of kids competing at these events. Um, remember that the sports we're looking after are minority sports. Um, they're not typically professional codes. Um, you know, yes, we've got, there's some sports in there like basketball and hockey, but we've got a really wide range of sports like uh, ultimate frisbee, uh, underwater hockey, um, uh, judo, karate, you know, that's all sort of part of what makes up the, the wonderful mix. So by default, they're not subject to the same uh, commercial pressures that you might otherwise expect if they were in a sport like rugby. Um, however, it does highlight, and you make a good point, that there's a number of things that make up professionalism in New Zealand sport, and to the point you highlight about whether why kids might drop out of sport, things that you're talking about to make kids feel pressure. And we are pleased to have created a platform where we can give one single set of clear messages that we know aligns with Sport New Zealand, that we know aligns with School Sport New Zealand, and um, has been put across in the very best way to make sure the kids' pressure and, and that sense of expectation they might feel is reduced. The Sports Collective boss, Rob Woodell. And that's extra time for this week. We'll be back next week with another podcast. But until then, I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.